0: Next Sunday I'll be in Portland representing you along with Jeanette and Henry and Ruby at the uh, annual meeting of the American Baptist Churches of the Central Pacific Coast. That's a mouthful, isn't it? But that means all the ABC churches in Oregon and all the ABC churches in Northern California, primarily the Bay Area, We'll be together for a time of learning, worship, celebration, business meetings, all kinds of stuff. We'll be there, but here with you, and I had to go deep on this one because most of our tribe is going to be there, and I have for you next Sunday, Reverend Sarai Crane Pope who's never been to this pulpit who is a very good friend of Sidney Webster, who is tall, dark, and beautiful, and brings the Word of God. So next Sunday is going to be a special treat for you. You will not regret being here for that one. And uh, come out and represent us here as we represent you there. Now, to wrap up the idea of gratitude, uh, the congregation that I serve as pastor is here and there's also an invisible congregation that I serve that you never see. People who are terminally ill uh, who are my parishioners in hospice. And I'm a pastor to them like I'm a pastor to you. And I'm connected to them the way that I'm connected to you, I love my work, I love what I do. I love going from here to there to visit people in their homes with their families. It's part of what energizes me. I love pastoring them just as much as I love pastoring you. But one of the things I really love about that is being out and about because that means I can find new places to eat, right? (laughs) There are so many amazing places in the Bay Area. Oakland, Berkeley, San Lorenzo, wherever I'm at, I'm looking for the best gyro or Mediterranean food or the perfect taco. But then sometimes you just settle, right, for predictability. Sometimes you just want to go to something where you know what it's going to be. And for me, that's Panda Express. (laughs) And I want to get me some Panda Express because of the fortune, right? It's not even about the food. I mean, the food is okay. And you know I'm going to get some chow mein and whatever other dishes look okay. But it's all about that fortune. So the last time I went to Panda Express, I got my tray and I'm walking out to sit down and the panic hits me. There's no fortune cookie. There's my food. There's my chopsticks. There's my cup. My napkin. There's no cookie. I got ripped off. That's like... 60% 60% of the reason that I chose Panda Express, right, was for the fortune. So I went up to the counter after I set my stuff down, before I even ate. And there was other people, like, trying to check out at the counter. And I'm, like, waiting. And behind the counter is, like, this big stash, right, of fortune cookies. And the guy was busy. wasn't paying any attention to me. I just went for it. <laughs> this is my chance to choose My own fortune. And I only took one. Scout's honor. I could have took a handful. But it's only one because it's your fortune, right? So I sat it down at my table, patiently ate my food, drank my drink, and the magic moment came. And I ripped that bad boy open and I cracked it in half and I pulled out my fortune and here's what it read. Always remember to say thank you. I felt ripped off (laughs) I felt ripped off I was looking for like you international travel is in your future or you know you're going to get a big check in the mail or the woman of your dreams or something anything but always say thank you really that's like look both ways before you cross the street (laughs) That's like, that's not even, that's like advice, that's not even a fortune. (laughs) And then it occurs to me, what we've been talking about in these weeks, and uh, it's not lost on me that God is driving home a very important point, because I've been talking to you about change, and I've been changing I'm feeling it. I'm experiencing it as daily. I identify things for which I'm grateful. And this is what's what's occurred to me. This is like the lasting thing that's come out of it. I I journal periodically in the morning. I don't journal every day. Sometimes I'll do six or eight or ten days in a row and then not for a week. Sporadically I journal. But when I journal, that's how I'm going to start. Five things that I'm grateful for. Not every day because I don't journal every day. But when I do, that's how I'm going to start writing. Because what that's doing, what I've experienced in these weeks, and what I hope you're beginning to experience, is it changes the way that you see the world. And it, we have the capacity to retrain our brain and our emotions and, and our hardwiring. We can change to see the world differently and this text from the lectionary that we look at today from Luke chapter 17 beginning in verse 11 is like the perfect capstone for what we've been doing in recent weeks driving home as my fortune did the importance of gratitude Luke chapter 17 verse 11 Give you a moment to get there. It's on page 75 in my Bible. That always confused me because it's so far back, but the numbers start over at the New Testament. It's kind of strange. Luke 17 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, Turned back, praising God with a loud voice, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine. Where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. May God bless to us, to our hearts, to our minds, the reading of his word. It's important where we look for role models. And I hope we've learned at least that much from our study of the New Testament and our look at Jesus. It was always surprising us. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem for whatever reason. And he was in the region between Samaria and Galilee. The geography of Jesus is so important, because most people going to Jerusalem would go around the area between Galilee and Samaria, Jesus went through, and so these people with leprosy, and that word was just used for any skin disease, any disorder, anything that was wrong, they called him a leper. So these people with numerous maladies came and cried out to Jesus. But the important thing is where Jesus was. He was where where the sick people were. He was where the Samaritans were. And the Jews in Jesus' day were like all that and didn't want to be with folks like them. So they would go around. Geography is so important. It's It's like Jesus is going to Hayward from Alameda. And everyone knows how to go to Hayward, right? You hop on 880, go south, no problemo. Jesus said, wait, we're going to go through East Oakland on our way to Hayward. And we're going to spend some time going through the neighborhoods that the freeways were built to go around. We're going to go where the people are. And interestingly, it's where the people were that this Samaritan was who was healed and had the capacity to come back and give thanks and praise to God. 10%. Only 10% of the people. I want for us to be a 10% congregation. Actually, I want for us to be 90%. I want us to be inversed. I want 9 out of 10 of us lepers to give thanks and praise to God for what he's done. Because we're the ones, right? We're the neighborhood that people want to avoid. We're just regular folks. Look around. Look at who we are. Working class. Lower working class. We're uh, we're not wealthy. We're not all that... Special or good looking. Uh, draw the line. Ah, ha, ha. We're so beautiful, right? But the important thing is that Jesus was where the people were, and that we see that like all throughout the New Testament, right? Jesus is where the people are, and it's where the people are that we meet the role model. It's where the people are that we see. Where gratitude lives. And it's interesting like that because very oftentimes the people that we think ought to be the most grateful because they possess the most really aren't all that grateful. And then you look at other folks. Man, if you have traveled internationally, if you have seen the third world, You know, poverty. People that have virtually nothing, but their hearts are filled with gratitude. How can that be? The only way that can be is that a spirit of gratitude does not depend on what you possess. All right? The spirit of gratitude is not about how much you have. It's not about what you're surrounded with. It's not about the creature comforts. It's about a spirit that acknowledges Jesus has made me clean, right? And, And this leper, this one, the Samaritan, turns back, throws himself at the feet of Jesus, And gives thanks and praise to God. How can that be? Well, you say, he was healed. It's great, of course. Why not? And if I had this or that, then I would give thanks and praise to God. But what happens to you when this and that comes? You look for that and the other and more. And we're not satisfied. And we think that our lives are terrible. And they're filled with bad things. What we fail to recognize is that's just a state of mind, one that we can change. All right, listen to this. I've told you before, two kinds of people in the world. One kind wakes up and says, good morning, Lord. Right? The other wakes up and says, good Lord, it's morning. (laughs) Right? And you can change from being that kind of person to being this kind of person by cultivating in your mind and heart a spirit of gratitude. Think about the things in your life, the things that drive you crazy. Think about that person at work. OMG, why do I have to work with this person? Is the most terrible person in the world, is always up in my business, is always tattling on me, is such a pain in the neck. I hate my life because this person I work with, it's terrible, how can I have gratitude? And you can look at that exact same situation. You can say, God, I thank you for that pesky person at work because of her, I do a better job because I know that I'm being watched. I know that she's there. She pushes me to perfection. Do you see how that's two ways of looking at the exact same situation? Here's another one. Listen to me. I'm kind of nasally and coughy and nasty, and I had the yuck all week. I woke up Tuesday morning. I had a raging sore throat. It was bad. It was nasty. My nose was running. It moved into my chest. I'm coughing and hacking. Stuff coming up that looks like it's from another planet. (laughs) And I can say, Man, why me? Why now? This is, don't you know what I have to do? I'm so important. I've got this and that. But guess what? I'm going to have to stay in bed a little longer. I'm going to have to miss out on some stuff. I'm going to have to spend an afternoon on the couch. You know what? It's not all that bad. (laughs) Thank God I've got this opportunity to catch up on my reading. Thank God I have got this opportunity to binge on some Netflix. Thank you that I have electricity, that I can sit on the couch and and be surrounded by stuff that works, right? You see, there's different ways of seeing the exact same thing. Think about what Dave shared. The times that we grow are the times that we struggle. And so if we meet that struggle with a perspective of gratitude, it changes us. Okay, that problematic relationship in your life, that person that drives you nuts, that gives you heartache, that just the struggle of that relationship, sister-in-law, uncle, aunt, doesn't matter who it is. Ask yourself the question, what is God doing through the adversity of that relationship? What is God teaching me? Through the failure of a relationship, through a breakup, a separation, a divorce, what is God teaching me through a friendship that's being strained and pushed? Ask yourself that question. In any adversity that you experience, what is God teaching me? What's my lesson? What am I learning? And then meet your life with this spirit of wonder and curiosity instead of this spirit like, oh, no, right? Just just stop being an Eeyore, okay? Do you know who Eeyore is from Winnie the Pooh, right? He's always sad and he's always depressed and he always... Looking on the bads, it's like always raining over Eeyore and no one else. Uh, just, just don't do that. Don't be like that. Every time that happens to you, every time you find yourself thinking, and there's, I know there's stuff we don't even verbalize, right? Stuff that we think about, Oh, you know, whatever it is. When that comes to you, confront that. Amen. Challenge it. And change it and say, what is God trying to teach me through this experience? Okay, like you have a flat tire. How many of you have ever had a flat tire? Okay, look around, people. Tires go flat. <laughs> God is not punishing you. This is just an opportunity for you either to stop and change the tire or call AAA Or call your spouse or whoever it is, however you handle a situation like that. And look, that's just a time out of your life for whatever reason that's different than what you had anticipated. I went to the Safeway yesterday in another community, and I got what I wanted. And I went to this self-check line that went like down into the aisle, I'm like, what's up with that? I'm in a hurry. Am I really that important? That I should push my way to the front of the line so that I can check out? No way, man. Back of the line, pal. And you sit. And you wait. For whatever reason, that's how I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes of my life. And I just settle it. I'm okay with it. Or I can be angry and frustrated and upset the entire time because I'm in such a hurry and don't you know that the universe revolves around me. It doesn't, man. There's 25 people in front of me who are equally frustrated about being there. Who loves to stand in line? No one ever. So just step up, take your spot, and wait like everyone else. And that gives you, hey, that's an opportunity for you to think. That's an opportunity for you to reflect, to do inventory in your life, to give praise to God or like me, to watch the people, right? Just look around and see what's going on and watch the people and see what they do. But do it in a way that, hey, and you know what else? It made me late. It made me late to where I was going. I hate to be late. But you know what? I'm going to be late. And I'm going to be late whether I'm crabby about it or I'm going to be late whether I give thanks to God. Either way, I'm going to be late. And I'm not going to get in my car and rush and try to make up the time. And that's when we get in an accident, right? Just, ah, relax. If our lives are going to be filled with gratitude, we've got to let go of control, we control very little of what goes on around us. So much of it's out of our control. By acknowledging that, by recognizing it, by letting go, we can say thanks, God, for this time to relax and breathe because I've been going, going, going in such a hurry. That's the the kind of thing we're looking for here. And then we'll see. You know, it's like we always find what we're looking for, right? If you're looking for trouble, you're going to find it. If you're looking for frustration, guess what? You're going to be frustrated. But if you're, if you're approaching life and the world with a sense of wonder, God, what's going on in your world today? Because it is his world. And we're just pilgrims in it, in God's world. And we can choose how we'll be in it. Are we going to choose gratitude? Are we going to say that we're grateful for whatever comes our way? It's easy to talk about, right? On Sunday morning. It's all kind of dreamy and we're in the zone. We've been singing praise. We got our friends around us. Yeah, I'll be grateful for that. But then when Monday morning rolls around, what's our perspective when we get up and get going? Do we have the kind of gratitude that was modeled for us here? Might be we need new mentors, new role models. I want, you, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to think about You don't have to verbalize or say out loud. I just want to ask you, who is the most positive person in your life? Who is the person that when they meet with adversity, they meet it well, they do what they need to do to get through it, they don't complain, they don't whine, they're not eors, but they're just positive. Who is that person in your life? Who's the most positive person in your life? Spend Dave Oshiro. Calling out Dave. Spend time around that person and learn from them, and I want to ask you a second question. This is a little tougher. No, it's not, it's easy. Who's the most negative person in your life? Who's the person that's always looking at the dark side? Who's always complaining? Who's, Who's the person with the martyr syndrome? Who's that person in your life and this is painful right now this is painful but I want to ask you to put some separation between yourself and that person and it might mean that you can't not any longer be in relationship with that person that's not what I'm saying don't break with them but I'm saying put up some boundaries around your life because what happens is I set in my life an intention for gratitude and that's how I'm going out into the world and then I meet with this person and then negativity seeps through right and you listen to that and you subject yourself to that or you're around that at work and it just kinda clings to you like ooze What I'm asking you to do is build a fence around yourself place some distance okay My intention is for gratitude, and that's how I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to be close to people who reinforce that in my life. And then I'm going to put boundaries around people who challenge that or who who take me in a different direction. I'm not saying to be a snob. I'm not saying to dissociate from those people because you can have a good influence on them. But you can also be kind of sucked into that vortex of negativity. And you want to, we want to guard ourselves against that. Be people of gratitude. So like this Samaritan leper who experienced healing from Jesus. And we've all experienced it. God has been so good to us. We, we've heard people share about it. We've seen. Haven't we experienced the goodness of God in our lives? Then let's be the 10 percenters that go back. And gratitude is marking, celebrating, acknowledging what God has done. If you're writing it out, that's wonderful. How many of you are on a text thread with a bunch of people? Raise your hand. Maybe it's your siblings or it's just how many? Raise your hands up high. How many people like? A lot of you. Okay. You're on a text thread with all these people. Throw out there, this is what I'm grateful for. This morning, I'm grateful for fill in the blank. And then that might get something going there. How many of you are on social media? Raise your hand up high. Facebook. Instagram, that kind of stuff, huh? Snapchat, use that as an opportunity to spread gratitude. I don't know how that stuff works, because I'm a social recluse. But you can do that, I understand. I'll write it out on a post-it note, put it up on my mirror. You know what, it just all comes down to a different way of seeing the world. And what I want you to recognize is that God has given you the capacity to choose gratitude. Maybe only 10% of people do it. I don't know what the percentage is. But I want you to see the world in that way. Because, here's the thing, The world is a beautiful place, and God is good, and God's love is amazing, and it changes us. All we have to do is see it. There's seeing, and there's perceiving. I want you to perceive what God has done. Let's be a people of gratitude, all right? Father, there is so much for us to give thanks for. God, you have blessed us beyond measure. We have more than we need. You've provided for us God, you sustain us physically, emotionally. You've given us joy. Our hearts are full. You've given us relationships that are wonderful and others that challenge us. You have given us jobs. We have a means of supporting ourselves. We have an income. And we have co-workers people we rely on and people who rely on us. Each of us is part of a complex network of relationships. We're interconnected on so many levels, just the people here in this room. God, help us to be beacons of light and to spread joy and to be grateful. To be the ones who stop to give thanks. Thanks. To acknowledge your goodness and your grace. Christ, for all that you've done for us, in us, through us, around us, that you have defeated death, that you have risen from the dead, that you are alive, you are the living, reigning Lord. We give you thanks and praise. Holy Spirit, that you live inside of us, that you are the good, that you draw us toward righteousness and peacefulness and goodness, that you, Holy Spirit, are the glue that holds this community together. We give you praise and thanks, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. (laughs) See <laughs> am